Testing, are we on? Can you hear me? Okay, good. Um, I wanted to thank Steve and Mary Ann for their awesomeness, but they know that they are gifted by God. God provided years back just what our congregation needed at the time, and uh, still we just still do need uh, the great gifts of music that God has blessed several of our congregation members with, and uh, I want to thank them for all their hard work through the years, and uh, I also want to thank our daughter, Teresa, who is the spark plug that ignites everything in our family, and uh, they're, they're just really great, and we're happy to have them here today. Uh, we've come to the main message of our service uh, today, so uh, we'll, we'll start with prayer. Lord, as we open our Bibles now, we seek to be taught by you. The kind of teaching that not just re- reaches our brain, but the kind of teaching that reaches our heart. So we pray that uh, what you've prepared for us today goes right to our hearts, and we can kind of look at ourselves and see where we stand before your magnificent light. So thank you, Father. Help us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to open our Bibles uh, this morning to 1 Timothy chapter 2. We'll start there. 1 Timothy chapter 2. You know, for six years, we, my family, lived just outside of Pittsburgh uh, in Pennsylvania. And uh, you kind of forget the difference between Ohio and Pennsylvania until you go there. And we just went the other day to pick them up at the Pittsburgh airport. And as soon as you cross over the border, you know, the hills start. And all of a sudden, you don't see anything like this in Ohio, but you see buildings way up there, way up on a hill. Up, uh, I don't think they're quite mountains, but uh, they're hills. We call them hills. And uh, the terrain just changes dramatically. And one thing about uh, Pittsburgh in itself is that it has 446 bridges. Just in Pittsburgh itself, we have nothing like that around here. 446 bridges just in Pittsburgh. And the reason for those bridges is Pittsburgh has three major rivers that people have to deal with. It has countless hills, ravines. Uh, It's a totally different terrain, terrain, rather. And without bridges, Pittsburgh would be a fragmented area, isolated communities with people totally unable to get in touch with one another and to travel at all through that area. So bridges are very important. And I want to talk about bridges today because we have been called to be bridge builders as God's people. It's part of our calling. It's part of the Great Commission. You know, spreading the gospel starts with building bridges to other people. I'm not talking about physical bridges that go over rivers. I'm talking about people as bridges, reaching out to others around them. And uh, the the title of this sermon is, Are You Building Bridges or Walls? Are You Building Bridges or Walls? Jesus, I think, was uh, the first bridge builder of all. It says here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and beginning in verse 5, it talks about Jesus' role as our Savior, and it says this. For there is one God 
and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. So right from the beginning, we needed to have a bridge built. We had cut ourselves off from God, starting with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and we were all totally cut off and lost. We were in a hopeless situation. And what God did was he built a bridge from God to the human race in order to restore, to begin restoring us into relationship with God. So it was Jesus Christ who was the bridge builder. He became one of us, was born of a virgin in Bethlehem so many years ago, grew up and uh, got to the point where he gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. So God didn't have to do that. There was nothing forcing him to do that. He did it out of his love, but he built a bridge to draw us back to him. And don't forget, when he built the bridge, he didn't build a bridge in Jesus Christ to reconcile mankind to himself and just leave it there and wait for us to take the first step. No, it was God who not only built the bridge, but he took the first step toward us. He was the one who was the reconciler. And that's an important point to remember. Now, Jesus was the first bridge builder, and we have been called as Christians to follow in his footsteps. He has called us not only to receive salvation, to receive his grace, and then to hold it selfishly, we have been called to be his ambassadors and to reach out now to other people in a similar way, to build bridges, building relationships to other people so that the gospel can be preached, so that they can notice our God-like example, uh, the light of Jesus Christ shining in us, so that somehow, as Pastor Dave was saying earlier, they start asking themselves questions and they start seeking more information and they want to know why is it that your family is blessed the way it is? Why is it that you seem to be able to deal with trials that you're going through in your life and so many others aren't? What gives you that ability? Where, where do you find this strength? How, how do you have peace in this crazy world in which we live? They start to ask questions like that and see bridges can be built. But those bridges can't be built if we don't have relationships with these people. So we have not been called to be a, you know, a cult that sets itself off in the wilderness someplace, like the ancient Essenes. They felt that God wanted them to just disappear from the world, to go out into the woods, to live in seclusion somehow, and that way they can be closer to God. No, God has called us to the exact opposite. Jesus said when he was about to depart, uh, he said to the Father, I'm not asking you, Father, to, to call them out of the world, to bring them out of the world, but to be with them as they remain in the world because we're performing an important function here. We're building bridges to people. We're uh, establishing relationships with people so that those God is calling, they're going to have a bridge to cross to get from their sins back to grace, back to relationship with God. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Now, you know, to be a bridge builder is not an easy thing. We can't do it by our own strength. We've got to have the right attitude. Uh, we've got to have the right instruction from God. And it starts with an attitude of humility. 
We as Christians can't be judgmental because let's face it, in the world there's a lot that can be judged. There's sin all around us. This society seems to be built on sin and it's headed toward destruction. And we've been a part of it. You know, God by His mercy has called us out of it and saved us from it. But it starts with a humble attitude because Jesus Christ had a humble attitude when He came down to be one of us. And notice what the Apostle Paul says here. We're to imitate Christ's humility as we build bridges and relationships with other people. Uh, Philippians 2.1, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then take my joy, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love for other people, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. See, that's where we start to build bridges with other people. You can't go out into this world to judge sinners because we're one too, aren't we? We're, we still sin occasionally from time to time. So God has not called us like some ancient prophet to go out into public and just look for wrong things that people do and curse them and, and you know, call them out on it. No, it starts with a humble attitude. We're acting out of love. So do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And unfortunately, in our society today, yes, even in America, we as a society are more inward-looking, selfish, self-centered in so many things that we do. You know, gone is the day that in a neighborhood, people were looking out for one another. And you know, if you saw some smoke coming out of somebody's house, are you going to run and call the police? I remember when I was young, you know, People knew what was going on in the neighborhood. And if they didn't hear from somebody for a couple days, maybe an elderly neighbor, they were knocking on his door, trying to find out if he's okay, if there's anything they could do. And that seems to be lost so much in our society today. So don't look to your own interests only, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to, but he made himself nothing. He was a servant. He came to serve. And by doing that, you know what? He was able to catch people's attention. He was able to make relationships with people, friendships. And that's where the Great Commission starts. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in the glory of God the Father. So it starts with humility. That's how you build bridges to people. Not just being concerned about your own business, but tactfully and humbly the needs of others. So he says in verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you 
to will and to act according to his good purpose. So do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. See, we represent something that people in this world need desperately. They may not admit it. They may not be seeking it. They may not even be thinking about it. But they've got an emptiness in their life. There's a hole there that needs to be filled by a relationship with God. It's something that we have by God's grace, and God wants to spread that. And the way he's chosen to do that is through his children, through our lives, through the relationships we have, the friendships that we have, that somehow the light of Jesus Christ is shining in our lives, and some people, not everybody, but some will take note of it, and some will want to know more about it. And those are the people that God's calling and bridges need to be built. We need to show them how to get from where they are to a relationship with God, and it's very easy. I mean, we were able to do it, <laughs> and if we were able to do it, they certainly can do it. And with patience and humility, we share with them maybe our story, or we explain to them how they go about it. And you can't do that unless you have relationships, Amen. relationships with people. And as we see our society here in America polarize more and more, you know, people are so interested in just their desires, their interests, closing the door to relationships around them. As you see more and more people spending most of their time not talking with others, but on their cell phones, their little internet favorites, you know, spending their time there, where there's people all around them with needs, with fears, uh, you know, seeking help, seeking encouragement. And here we are on our little, you know, cell phones, spending our time on there, you know. We need to open our eyes and see what God has called us to. We need to make relationships. We need to build bridges in our life. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 it's become one of my favorite passages in all the New Testament. Galatians 3 and verse 26. It talks about the separation in our society today. Yeah, it existed back in Paul's day as it exists today. There are a lot of things that are pulling people apart, that are dividing people. And our nation is becoming more and more divided, it seems, with every day that passes. And Paul has to remind us here, we have been called to something else. You know, with our calling, we have been called to be unified, not just as a church, but to reach out to others in unity as well. Galatians 3 verse 26 says this, You are all sons, and I might add daughters of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. He has become our priority now. He has become the central focus of each of our lives. And because of that, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So yeah, there were things that divided people back in Paul's day, the Jews and Gentiles. There was a tremendous division there, a very powerful division. In fact, 
the Orthodox Jews, the Pharisees, when they woke up every morning, they would offer a prayer of thanks to God that they were not a Gentile. That's the main thing that they would thank God for, that they were a Jew and not a Gentile. They would also thank God that they were not, a, that they were not women. A Pharisee would thank God every morning that he was a man and not a woman. And he would also thank God that he was not a slave. There was such division in the minds of people. So there were Jews and Gentiles. There were uh, slave and free. That was a, a very big distinction. Because if you were a slave, you had no rights in that society. You were treated like a, a physical possession. Male nor female. Like I said, there was a great difference between men and the rights that they had and women, once again, who had very little rights, if any. You look at our society today and there are, are similar differences, maybe, maybe somewhat different. And it seems that the media in our day and age really seeks to divide people. You know, we're uh, approaching a, a midterm election once again, and already you start to see in the news reports where, uh, you know, they're trying to take polls of people and see who's going to vote for who. And they see, see who the women are going to vote for, who the blacks are going to vote for, the whites are going to vote for, vote for the Hispanics, the old, older people, the young people, the married people, the single people, the military, the non-military, the union members, the non-union members. They survey Catholics, Protestants, Baptists, atheists, agnostics. They survey the rich, the poor, happy people, sad people, depressed people, good-looking people, ugly people. Who are you all voting for? And they, they want to divide us and pigeonhole us into different blocks and different segments. And, you know, the more you hear that, the more you feel divided. Well, I'm what I am, but I'm not like you. You're different from me. Instead of us coming together as a people and seeing what unifies us, and what Paul is saying here is it's Christ who unifies us because we focus on Him. We've all come under His grace, you see. And if we focus on the things that unify us, we're not going to be a divided people. Certainly as a church, we're not to be divided. We're to be unified. But I think that the same holds true as a nation. And what is it that unifies us anymore? You know, even as we're about to celebrate the 4th of July... How many people are really talking about what this day means and the birth of our country and the, the history of our country and the strength of our country? What is that anymore? Do people even know or, or think about that? You know, waving the flag used to be a very proud thing to do. But I think that our country has kind of lost its direction and its purpose to a great extent. Paul says unity in Christ rises above any man-made differences. It transcends racial differences, ethnic differences, political differences, sexual differences, financial distinctions. You know, the Holy Spirit has worked very hard to bring together a diverse group in the church. Just looking around here, we have multi-ethnic, multi-racial, uh, multi-generational people, and the Holy Spirit has worked very hard to bring us together in a unified manner. And we must work hard to preserve the unity. By what? By focusing on what we have in common, Jesus Christ, rather than focusing on what we don't have in common. Amen. The world focuses on what you don't have in common. Okay? Oh, 
the things that divide you or the things that break you up. And I always remember what Jesus said, you know, a nation divided against itself will not stand. And that's true. A nation can fragment. And in many respects, that's what's happening to our country now. But instead, we as a people have been called to build bridges, not walls. See, divisions build up walls. <laughs> I'm different from you. You know, I voted for one person, you voted for the other person. That separates us. Or I'm one color, you're another color. That separates us. You know, I'm of one ethnic background, you're of a different one. Keep your distance, buddy. But God hasn't called us to be like that. And we need to be careful because we can fall into that trap. We can fall into that same trap where instead of becoming bridge builders, we're becoming wall builders. Jesus came to, bring, to build bridges, not walls. In fact, he came to break down walls. There's a scripture that talks about uh, the fact that he's broken down the wall that divided Jews from Gentiles, and that was the law. He came to put the law aside. Now we obey the law of Christ, not the Old Testament rules and regulations. So he's come to break down walls, not to build walls. He's come to build bridges that unite people and bring people together. And we're following in his footsteps. Amen. So what is it that we have in common? Jesus Christ. That's the one, the main tree, the trunk of the tree that we all cling to. And because of that, we have unity in the church. We don't focus on what divides us. We focus on what we have in common. Jesus transcends all barriers that man puts up. And Jesus unifies people from all cultures, races, and nations. Differences exist only in men's minds, and those differences no longer matter. Only Jesus matters. Amen. That's what our focus is. So from now on, all of us are defined by Jesus Christ, and all of us are included in Jesus Christ. If only our country could see that. But that's what we've been called to do. We have been called to build relationships and bridges with other people. So that message can be shared. So that message can sh uh, spread. If you define yourself by anything else but Jesus Christ, you run the risk of cutting yourself off from anybody who isn't like you. And why is that a problem? You might say, well, you know, forget those other people. I'm focusing on myself. That's who I am. That's not our calling. It's a problem. Because you've been given a great commission by your Lord to make disciples of Jesus Christ. If you let anything become your identity in place of Jesus, you can alienate people and become a stumbling block to them. Amen. You can limit God's ability to use you in reaching out to others with the life-changing gospel. And I know of friendships that have been destroyed over matters of difference. People who no longer even talk to each other because there's a difference there. Maybe it's a political party. Maybe it's, it's something else. But we need to be careful not to let that sneak into our lives. We've been called to something different, something better. So we're called to be wall, build, uh, wall uh, destroyers and bridge builders. That's what our calling is. And think about your life. Think about the people around you. Are you actively trying to build bridges and relationships with others? You know, uh, we just recently had a kind of a sad situation amongst our friends. 
Uh, one of our neighbors, uh, a couple that my wife and I have gotten together with, and they're the parents of young people that our kids grew up with on the street. Well, just recently, the husband died, suddenly and unexpectedly. So my wife and I went to the funeral yesterday morning and spent some time with the family. And uh, I've got to hand it to my daughter, Teresa, here, because she is, she, she's always pushing me in good ways. She's, uh, one of my kids once said, I don't know if I ever told Teresa this, but one of the kids once said, if the Holy Spirit was a person, it would be Teresa. <laughs> because she's the one nudging, she's the one gently pushing, leading, guiding. And yesterday, we're sitting there, and Teresa came up with all these ideas. She said, okay, uh, we have a widow now in our neighborhood. Why don't you and mom uh, take her out to uh, dinner? Why don't you and mom uh, call her up and make arrangements to go out to coffee? Why don't you uh, take some flowers over to her house? She's, I mean, she's coming up like this. I'm going, okay, good. That's a great idea, Teresa. You know, we're going to act on some of those things. And we're building a bridge toward this person who's going to need some encouragement, who's going to need prayer. You see, that's what it's all about. We might think, well, you know, her husband died. Well, that's so sad. And, you know, life goes on. But it doesn't. We're Christians. This is what our calling is all about. This is what the commission is all about. So what about your life? What are the opportunities God may be providing for you to build bridges with others? Not walls, but bridges. I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And don't forget, as you build a bridge like Jesus Christ, he took the first step across that bridge. He didn't build a bridge and wait for us to try to cross it because we, we couldn't. We were unable to do that. So he, he built the bridge and then he had the courage to go ahead and cross it to meet us. So when you try to build a bridge to build a relationship with another person, you be the first one to take the first step across the bridge. You cross the bridge to their side. And that's awkward sometimes. And it takes courage to do that. It might be uncomfortable. You might think, well, what is the person's reaction going to be to me? What if they tell me to get lost? What if they tell me to mind my own business? That might happen. If somebody's grieving or struggling with a trial in their life, they may not want to talk to somebody at that time. Or they may not want to be friendly. They may want to cut themselves off. But like Jesus, you just keep trying. Keep at it. And you know what? If you do it humbly, and if you do it sincerely, and if you do it from the heart, I think that that person is going to see what you're trying to do and sometime respond to it in a positive way. Amen. What it might lead to, who knows? It may just lead to a good friendship. It may lead to somebody coming to Christ just what they need. Okay, in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 19, the Apostle Paul, I think, really tried to live by this principle of building bridges. And he realized that given this commission by Jesus Christ, he couldn't just remain himself in his settled way. You know, just with his own interests, with his own little circle of, of maybe close friends, he had to start doing uncomfortable things. He had to start reaching out and seeing things through other people's eyes and kind of putting them, himself in their shoes to understand and experience what they're going through. And notice what he says here, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. 
though I am free, and yeah, we're all free in Christ. We are that. He says, I am free and belong to no man. I make myself a slave to everyone. Why? To win as many as possible to Jesus. Verse 20, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. Verse 22, to the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so by all possible means I might save some. Not all, some. Those that respond. Those that recognize what you're doing and see that you're doing it out of love and that you really care. They're going to respond. Verse 23, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in his blessings. So we don't have the freedom, even though we're free in Christ, we don't have the freedom to just be our own tired out, in a rut person who's just comfortable in doing the things he enjoys doing, and I don't care about the rest of the world, this is my life, and I'm going to live it out to the end, just satisfying myself. No, sorry, that's not what this Christian calling is all about. And you know what? There's no age limit on it. Until the day we die, we are able, we are capable of affecting other people's lives in a positive way. Amen. To the glory of God. And by doing that, we're building bridges to these people. Not only do we build the bridge, but we walk over the bridge to their side. Seeing the world through their eyes. No matter what their background is, and that's another thing. We don't limit our contact to people who are just like us. That's a good starting place. You know, if you belong to a club, you talk to your fellow club members. Uh, you go to your uh, VFW uh, hall because those guys are veterans just like you. Well, that's okay. That's a good starting place, but it doesn't end there. We're to specifically look for people who are different than we are. Maybe a different color. Maybe a different ethnic background. Maybe even a different uh, religious belief. Who knows? There's no limitations. We have freedom in Christ to do these things. To be a friend to anybody. Not people who are just like us, but to anybody. Anybody. And I think God especially likes it when people of different backgrounds come together through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. That's a special glory to God when that happens. Because we can have a church here where we're all alike. We're all exactly alike. Same background, same color, same language, same this, same that. But I think there's an especial glory to God when people of different backgrounds come together and overcome differences by God's strength and by God's power and His mercy. Amen. So it's a commission that we have. What are you doing in your life? What opportunities is God presenting you? And if He isn't presenting any to you right now, you need to be praying about that. Father, I'm here at your service. You know, I'm here to serve you. You know, I want to be your light to my little corner of the world. The people that I know or maybe the people that I might meet. And it can start anywhere. Jeanette Daniels was just telling me. 
she went over to the store just before services. And as she was checking out, she invited a woman to come over to our fellowship time after services. We'll see if she shows. She may, she may not. But you see, that's taking an opportunity. Just out of the blue, a crazy thing. We're getting all this food, we're going to serve it. Who knows how many people we're going to show up today for services. We might have a ton extra. Let's invite some people to come in for a meal. That's building a bridge. That's starting a relationship. God will provide you with the opportunities if you make yourself available to him. He wants to do that. He wants to get us out of our rut. He wants to get us out of our own personal way of seeing the world. We need to start to see it in the lives of other people and what they're going through and what they're facing, you know, in our country today. So let's make ourselves available to God. Uh, That pleases him very much when we do that. Join me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we'd like to thank you first and foremost for being the original bridge builder. You looked down upon us in your mercy and you sent your son to be our savior, our redeemer, the one who's going to reconcile us back to you. So thank you, Father, for being the first bridge builder. Now you've called us to follow in your footsteps. And uh, sometimes in this day and age, it can be a scary thing. So we need courage from you. We need uh, some nudging from the Holy Spirit to show us what to do, what to say, and we can't overthink it. Sometimes it's best, Father, when we act spontaneously, when we just say to the person standing next to us in line, hey, how'd you like to come to our church for a free meal? That's all it takes sometimes. So, Lord, we can overthink it and overplan it. We want you to guide and lead us through this process. We want to be able to build bridges to reach out to other people. Help us to be friendly people. The scripture says, if we want friends, we have to show ourselves to be friendly. Help us not to be afraid to just start up a conversation with someone, to call on a neighbor, to check and see how they're doing, how they're feeling, if there's anything we can pray for about them. That's where it starts, Lord. And sometimes we need courage to do that. We know you'll provide it if we're willing. We want to be your hands and feet on this earth until the very end. So give us the courage, Lord. Give us the strength. Help us to look about us with open eyes and to see the needs of others. Help us not to build walls that divide us from other people. And if we're doing that, help us to change, focus on other things, focus on Jesus Christ, not on worldly differences. And Lord, we know that you're going to use us in a powerful way. We're here at your disposal, Lord. Give us the opportunities. It's all to your glory and honor. We love you. We pray this all now in Jesus' name. Amen.